Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. I was talking with my sister, and now we, our family were talking with my, my sister Patrice this past week, and they, she's got three kids, and their husbands, wives, kids, and they gathered at Christmas time. They were having Christmas, and they were, uh, they were, one of the little kids began to talk, or began to cough, and as he was coughing, they didn't think a thing about it, it continued on, they said, we better go check him for COVID, took him down there, he had COVID, but of the 14 people that were there, 11 of them tested positive for COVID, so they had for Christmas, and 11 of the 14 tested positive for COVID, and she said, we have now been quarantined in our house together for two weeks, and they're ready for to come in, everybody's in good shape. And I thought, folks, these are crazy times. We are really living in crazy times. And as you know, we canceled church last Sunday uh, because of the date that it was close to New Year's. And following up with most pastors, they all said nobody was at church last Sunday in or across the country. Everybody just stayed away because of because of New Year's Day. And so with I, I was thinking with Cindy coming out with COVID. And see, Cindy's a hugger. I'm a hugger. She would have passed it on to me. I'd have hugged you. I'd have passed it on to you. We could have had a church full of COVID. And so, it, it, so we didn't, Brandon was going to be here last week. Okay. He would have. Crazy times. In fact, Lynette said, Dave, you've got to stop hugging people. Because I'm a hugger. I hug people. you got to stop hugging people. And so I've taken this to hugging my dog all the time just to get me an out of there. Because you got to stop hugging people. <laughs> One fellow last year said, he said, on January the 1st, I told my wife, we're at the end of our troubles. He said, later, I didn't realize it was the front end. <laughs> And so we are just in, in crazy times today. I want to talk with you about fulfilling God's purpose for your life. I want to talk to you about fulfilling God's purpose for pathway. Now, in my life, I have pastored literally thousands of people from the young to the old. And most people, in, in fact, I've been told this so many times, most people make statements like this. They will say, my life is boring. My life is the same thing. It's the same old thing over and over. You've heard people say things like that? I hear that all the time. People have said to me, Pastor, I wish I had your life because you're doing things. Our life is pretty dull. And that's the way a lot of people live. And so um, what we want to do is have a, a year that's a really great year. So if you'll stay with me to the end, like here in the outro and, and those online, we're going to give you a plan that I think you're really going to, to really like. It's going to make a big difference in your life. There were three men talking one day about what they wanted to hear said at their funeral. And one person said, at my funeral, I would love to hear them say, he was a wonderful grandfather. A second guy said, I would like to hear them say, he was a good dad. The third man say, I said, I want to hear them say, look, 
He's moving. <laughs> well, in fact, we want to we want to get things moving today and help you get a good jump start on moving. Because, uh, folks, we want to look number one and jot this down: is what is happening. That's our question we want to ask today. What is happening? Okay. We need to understand the times that we've lived in. The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar, and it says the sons of Issachar were men who knew the times. You see, we started a church about a year and a half ago. Folks, there has never been a worse time in the history of America to start a church than what we've done. Okay, This is a terrible time to be birthing a new church just because these are crazy times. Americans are becoming less religious. There's a book written in the last three months that was released that said there are literally thousands of churches that are closing their doors right now. All across America, he said his words were, they're closing by the thousands out there. Churches are closing down. Um, and so so what's happening? We'll talk about that. And, and by the way, we say this, this is not going to be depressing. I'm going to really come out on the good side of what we need to understand what's happening. Number one, right down under what's happening, folks, Christians are turning against the church. All across America, Christians are turning against church. The number of Christians not going to church has never been this high in the history of America. It is, and you're seeing Christianity is plumbing, plummeting in people attending. Christians are having a do-it-yourself Christianity. COVID gave permission to people to stay home and people have lost the habit of going to church. That's a lifetime habit, a lifelong habit they've lost. I talked with a man on Friday and this man said, I grew up in church. I always was in church. We, he said, I played in the orchestra in church. He said, when the COVID started, we've not been back in two years. Okay, what happens there? That's common. Many Christians have turned against going to church. People say, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to church. I've talked to many people all the time. I am hitting a wall continuously with Christians that are not going to church today. You know what I'm talking about? It's everywhere out there. Okay, now some, some, some things, let me give you some answers to fill in here. Folks, here's what we need to understand, is that number one, church isn't about you, it's about worshiping God. Our purpose of church, one of them is to come and worship God. Now today, with Lynette being out, Taylor's got allergies today, uh, Casey's gone, today we're not doing that here, but worship has been a top priority of our ministry from the Word of God, because Lynette has been so good. We've had phenomenal worship teams, but the years because worship is a big deal. Worship is why we gather. We are making Christianity a consumer thing. It is not consumerism. We gather and the first purpose, we gather to worship God. Amen? If we don't worship God, we're missing the whole purpose. It's all about worship. So it's not about, quote, your experience. It's about gathering to worship God. Look in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. One of the Ten Commandments, God says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What did God say? God says, I want you to set aside one day a week as a Sabbath. Don't work on that day. And folks, there was death penalties involved if you did that. Why? God said, set that day aside. You honor me. Isn't that correct? One of the Ten Commandments. And for thousands of years, the Jews worshiped on the Sabbath or on Saturday. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, he was raised from the grave on Sunday. Look at Acts 20. On the first day of the week, 
in the New Testament church, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. So the church shifted from Saturday to Sunday. But hear me, the same command is implied today that we are commanded by God, do not forsake assembling together of yourselves. It was totally expected in the Old Testament. Totally expected in the New Testament, but today in our culture, we're changing all of that. Why? Christians are turning against the church. It's become self-imposed religion. I designed my own religion, but realize God never designed it that way. The first thing we do is we gather to worship God. Secondly, we have to remember the church is the bride of Christ. I hear people say continuously, I don't like church. That's like you saying, David, I love you. I can't stand your wife. You see, the church, folks, we are the bride of Christ. For when people talk against the church, they're talking against Jesus' bride. Amen? I'm not, being, I'm not going to be that stupid. <laughs> Why? That's his bride. And we've got to understand that it's a priority that God said that, that the bride is the priority. See, a soldier without a platoon is, 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 on, is on the army. Uh, a football player without a team. It's not playing football, okay? A band member that doesn't play in the band is not a part of the team. In other words, the, the ability to be in the family in a group requires that you be there, and the church is the bride of Christ, and he says, I want my bride to be honored, and so don't despise or neglect the bride. It's a second reason. But in, in fact, God said it's so important that number three, church attendance is required. The Bible teaches that we are required to be at church. Hebrews chapter 10. Don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves as is the habit of some. God says, don't do it. It's like taking Bubba here. And Bubba is it says, I'm a Christian. I don't go to church. You know what God says about Bubba? Don't become like Bubba. Right? Folks, when you see Christians that don't go to church, we need to realize God is saying, don't be like them. Now, growing up, as I've told you before, that my, I grew up in a little small town called Olusty, Oklahoma. Town, it's like 600 people in the whole town. Our church, maybe 60 or 80 people went there. It was a Methodist church. I don't remember a thing I ever learned there. I can't tell you one thing I learned in 18 years of going to that church. But one thing that happened, our family learned faithfulness to God. Out of that 18 years of sitting there, of my mom taking us every week, all four of us siblings have been totally committed to God and are faithful every Sunday in church, all four of us have. They have been, these four siblings, me, my brother, and two sisters, we've had 14 children combined. Of the 14, all 14 kids are saved, and at one time, seven of the 14 were in full-time ministry. Okay? Why? Faithfulness. Now the, the next level, the great grandkids are coming along and they're all getting saved. Matthew was saved in the last couple of months. Abigail's been saved. My son John's the oldest one. <clears throat> his son Jensen is about, is Jensen four? He's four. Jensen, I may be calling his life. He talks about preaching all the time. This past week they sent us a video and Jensen said, Mom and Dad, sit down. Get him to sit on the couch. He got on the chair and he stood there and he preached on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Nebuchadnezzar. And he preached them. He had a microphone preaching to him standing on a chair. He's doing that now over and over. Well, why? His parents take the church on Sunday and on Wednesday night they're going to church. I'm saying, I know there are times it's dull and boring. I've been there. 
in certain, not my services, obviously, but, but we've seen services like that, all right? And what happens, though, that your kids learn faithfulness. When we were at Stillwater, we were for 23 years, so I saw people get married, have kids, raise those kids, and those kids get married. I've seen the outgrowth of people's decisions in their life. And, and I would say things back when I was younger, and they would say, we don't agree with you. One of I talked about dating one time. I said, folks, if you start letting your kids date when they're 14, they're going to be sleeping around. They're not going to be burned. They're not going to happen. And I had two mothers specifically who said, you are wrong. And they both said, is it you're wrong, Pastor. You're not writing what you're saying. I said, that's fine. Those two girls, one of them became known as the whore of the baseball team. The other had so many sexual encounters. She's over 40 today. She's never had children. This day, she's been sterile. That what I said exactly came true. So therefore, I, I've got a little more bold because I've seen it come to, here's what I saw. Folks, the bottom line is this, and I've said to people like Terrence and you are doing such a good job with your kids. If, if you don't have a total commitment to faithfulness to attendance, your kids will not buy you long-term, guaranteed. I've never seen one person 23 years when the parents were not totally faithful, their kids ultimately were not totally committed to God. Why? Because they learn by watching their parents. The best thing parents continue to teach his kids about marriage is love their mother. Their kids will learn how to treat their mother by watching how Terrence treats his wife, correct? Folks, people will learn how to respect God by the respect they see you giving to God. When they see you honoring God, they're going to do it the very same way. What are we saying? That your faithfulness is going to speak volumes to them. And today the tragedy is all these Christians that are apart from church are teaching all their kids not to go to church. And it is having devastating consequences, okay? Number one, Christians are turning against the church. Number two, folks, um, our culture is turning against the church. Our culture is turning against the church. There's a book it's on the nun, the N-O-N-E-S. It came out about three months ago, written by, by a social scientist and a, he's a pastor and a social scientist. It's called the nuns. Here's what they discovered. That, that today, the, church, the people that are called nuns are not going to church. And, and they said there are more nuns than all, all the Catholics. There are more nuns than all evangelicals, than millennials, and they are no longer going to church. Okay, they are, they're, 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 they're turning totally against the things of God. And he said, for that reason, you're seeing churches are dying by the thousands because that's about the age of 20 to age 40. That group is not going to church. They're none, they have none of it. They're nuns. Why? Their parents have formed their own relationship, their own religion without the church. Therefore, they're not going to church. I, I saw several months ago, a girl was protesting. She had a stick out there. Had it on a, on a stick, a cross, and it had a frog hung to the cross, and it said, above, he died for you. See, total disrespect for an outgoing. She has no idea what she's doing. Okay? Why? Because they've not been taught this. They, 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 not only Christians are turned against the church, but our culture has turned against the church. Okay? Thirdly, our country has turned against the church. I got literally just a while ago. It came in. It's on my phone. It came in in the last uh, in the last. We're at so I'm get everybody real quick. Let me get it here. Uh, different one. It came in the last hour, and the title said Canada 
new law labels parts of the Bible as myth. Canada just passed a law, I got it just in the last hour, that they passed a law that's labeled in the Bible, parts of it are nothing more than myth. Why? Because our countries are turning away from God. They were doing an interview with James White, he's an apologist, great apologist, and they said, where do you see the church go? Where do you see happy for the church in 10 years? He said, in 10 years, 501c3 corporations are gonna be gone. He said, gonna stop all that. Here's what that means. Number one, it means all the means your contribution will get tax credit for one thing. But the big thing is that the church had to pay taxes on all the real estate. So you have churches that got like a large area because they have park, big parklets, you win them a week. That's huge tax base. And the Congress needs more money to put in their own pockets. So he said they're going to be banning this stuff from happening and the church is going to lose the tax status. He said, secondly, he said, you're going to see, start to come and see that there because the LGBT agenda, they're going to start banning by the Bible as hate talk and Christians are going to be labeled as hate, as hate mongers. He said, the church is going to get, become very difficult to belong to because they're going to label them as, 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 as those who are against the, the, the hate people. He said, you're going to see the church fall way far back because it's, he said, number one, the millennials don't want the church. He said, the older generation is dying off. He said, so you have a country that is anti-God and Canada just today passed a law that now parts of the Bible are now myth. That's what's happening out there. You're seeing, you're seeing that, aren't you? You're seeing it. Now folks, I'm gonna say this. I am not bothered by what I see. I'm just, I'm saddened by it. But if Jesus is coming back and the Bible says he is, then this is what must happen before Jesus comes back. <clears throat> so this is, so you say, why is all this? This is not surprising. The Bible says that, look in your notes, it says it admits most people's love will grow cold. Are we there? Absolutely we're there. Second Timothy, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They'll reject the truth and chase after myths. I had to cut this message out a lot just to get in a respectable time. I, folks, there are churches in America, I've got to name the name, Presbyterian, Baptist and Lutheran that are now moving towards the transgender and, and there's, they had a church and in, 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 this was in Seattle and they, was, they, they, they had a baptism and they sent the transgender and they had a little boy seven years old they, they he's transitioned from a boy to a girl at the age of seven and they said the church has been so helpful in doing this in their baptism giving them girl names and boy names and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're calling it drag people to church and the people are coming in drag their teacher kids to come in drag and they had parties and, bank, and they, they dress in drag the church is doing that not one, the number of churches are doing this type of thing now. What are we saying? We're saying it is going crazy out there. But as you see that, why? It may, our parents could never have conceived that this quickly. Why? Because we're moving toward the time of Jesus coming back. It's a sign of the times. Therefore, I'm bothered, I'm saddened by it. But folks, I'm not surprised. But you know what? I'm not going to be moved by it either. Because, folks, I know where I'm looking, and I'm not looking to the culture. I'm not looking to the Christians. I'm not looking at our country. I'm looking at Christ. That's the focus of my life. Okay, so, so what's happening is not going to bother me because I have a different focus in my life.
Now, what you say, what does that mean for us? Folks, as we as a church, it's going to become entirely much more difficult to grow a church. Why? Our culture is totally against it now. When we, we started our first church in 1981, Lynette and I did it went very well. Um, it went very good down there. The, our country was very God-friendly back then. Okay? We started Stillwater in 1990. We had turned, I think, 283, our second generation, 283 people at the end of two years. Church was very, country was very God-friendly. I talk to people about God today, and they turn, they just want to turn, they turn the other direction. It is amazing the resistance we're getting. So what that means is this. We still have, we still got the same call. This is New Testament days, a pagan culture. We're in a pagan culture, but in spite of all that, I am committed to Christ. I am not bothered by what I see. I am committed to follow Christ regardless, and we'll do what God has called us to do. To do, <laughs> it's going to be done. All right, all right. So, so that's what's happening. But let's talk about number two. Um, let's talk about what could be happening. That, that we've seen what is happening. You jump ahead to my notes. Let's talk about what could be happening. Now, why is all this stuff happening, folks? No, write this down. It could be, and that's a big word. It could be that Jesus is coming. All right, so just, why is all this craziness going on? It could be that Jesus is coming. And write this down. I'm not saying this to scare you, but to prepare you. Okay? If these are the times when Jesus is might be coming, we need to be prepared. Now, here's what happens. When you live with an awareness that Jesus is coming back, it changes the way that you act. It changes the way you act. Um, back as a kid, I had a lot of experience at, at causing troubles. Okay? No. I, I, when I was about five, we had a babysitter, and I said, Have you ever seen a match burn twice? And she said, No. I went, Light it, burn once, burn twice, and stuck her. I got whipped for that one. <laughs> I mean, I was always doing stuff like that and just, just honoring this, all right? And so, therefore, I did not want my parents to come home because when they came home, I got in trouble. All right, but whenever I did something good, I wanted them to come home. Look what I did, folks. Our world does not want Jesus to come back. Why? They know they're in big trouble. <laughs> Years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Texas. I've been doing some of the holiday conference there for pastors, and I was and that night I was I was worn out. I went to Mar just to walk around. Not talk to anybody, and I just kind of walked around because I've been talking all that. I, I, I spoke for seven hours that day. I was worn out from talking. I'm walking down this hallway, and this dad's coming down the hallway. He's got a little boy, maybe three or four. And the boy's he's dragging him, and you tell the dad's flustered. He's hopping, the dad's dragging him there. And I hear the little boy say, Dad, Dad, tell me again, why am I in big trouble? <laughs> I started to laugh, you know been there <laughs> folks most of our world knows if god comes back they're in big trouble okay and so it may be it could be that jesus is coming that may be part of it look in the book of matthew chapter 24 jesus i say to you you must keep watch for you do not know what day your lord is coming you must also be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. He says, get ready for it. Okay? Second Timothy. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me also, but to also to all who loved his appearing. In other words, we're to be looking for the coming of Jesus. Okay? We're to be, we're to be looking for that appearing. Why? Because it makes you straighten up. <laughs> It makes you live differently when you believe that Jesus is coming back. Let me give you three interesting developments here. Now, there is literally, there are so many, you can, there are whole books written on these. I'll just give you three little quickies here. Number one, I know the word Israel as a fig tree. One day, Jesus was talking to the disciples about his coming. He talked about, they said, when, when are you going to come? What's going to be the sign? And they're saying, what's the sign? Look in Mark chapter 13. Jesus said this. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near right at the door. So Jesus is saying, when you look at the fig tree, when you see it start to bloom, you run, it's, it's coming. Okay. Look at verse 30. The blue ink, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. But here's what he said. He said, whenever you see the fig tree begin to bloom, he said, you're, he said, no, that generation will not pass away till it comes to pass. You see that, the blue ink. Folks, a generation of Bible is, is 80 years. You must say 70 plus 10 is 80 years. Okay, for this in the book of Psalms. 80 years. Israel became a nation in what year? 1948. 80 years is 2028. That's the 80 years. Jesus said, the ones who see the nation begin to bloom, that generation will see the coming of the Lord. 80 years to window, we're at about year 72 right now. 73. What are we saying? We're saying there's not much time left. Heard a person say recently, this I'm going to throw this out. They said they had gone to heaven and they said they saw the banquet table set. They said, I saw the chairs. I saw it seated. They said this, it's all ready. And they said to the angel, when is Jesus coming back? Angel said, we don't know. He's, but, he, but the angel said this. Here's the word to get. He said, the time is up and now you're on God's grace. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.